Bibles. Would you do that? And let's go to the Word. Um, what I've been thinking about is some keys to a, a biblical takeover. I've been thinking about keys to influencing culture. I've been thinking about keys to us living on the top of our mountain, the mountain of influence, uh, the mountains of culture, the mountains wherein our sphere of influence, uh, our gifting, our talent is brought to its highest expression. And um, last week I opened and we kind of talked about reigning in life. Uh, Let's go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, reigning in life. Actually, I'm going to pick it up at verse 17 uh, for the sake of time. You okay? You good? Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just open our hearts to your word. We welcome the abiding breakthrough, the abiding renewal of your word. We know your word is your very essence. It carries your DNA. So we ask you to transform us with your word today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Romans chapter 5 is one of the coolest passages on the planet. Uh, Of course, you want to read it. Uh, starting with verse 12, but the whole chapter is amazing. Uh, how many of you have been reading Romans or have read it lately? Anybody? A couple of you. Oh, my goodness, that's so cool. I'll say, okay, so Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, For if by the transgression of the one, and who's he talking about? If you know, you can shout it out. He's talking about the transgressor, the one who transgressed, Adam. If by the transgression of one... Death reigned through that one. What was in charge? What was reigning? Death. Okay, and the Bible talks about this in other passages also. Hebrews chapter 1 is one of those. uh, And Hebrews chapter 2, where the fear of death, the fear of death, we we became subject to fear. In fact, if you look in the garden, uh, in in the fall in Genesis chapter 3, 15, and, and right there, you'll find that, that immediately they uh, went into hiding, they went into shame, they went into condemnation, uh, and they had to cover themselves. They had to cover themselves. God comes, where are you? We were afraid because we were naked and we're hiding. And what was happening was it was the invasion of fear. It was the invasion of death. It was the invasion of of condemnation. Now, unfortunately, that's the nature we start out with too. We were in Adam when he fell. That's the nature we start with. And so it says, by the transgression of Adam, death reigned through Adam. Death came into all of mankind. And death came in, and the fear of death. This is why every culture, every society, all people across the globe have sought some kind of a spiritual solution because of the fear of death. And all cultures and all societies and all people have sought somehow to appease the gods. There's been a fear of death. 
Much more, though, those who receive the abundance of grace. Much more. If death reigned, if death was supreme, if death was powerful, if death had a testimony, if death was scary, if death brought fear, and by the way, death came with sickness. Sickness is insidious death. If death was powerful, much more, this is interesting, much more, everybody say much more, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. What have we received? When we come to God through Jesus, we receive an abundance of grace, not a little bit of grace, not a partial bit of grace, not just enough grace. We receive an abundance of grace, and we receive the gift of righteousness. Now, the gift of righteousness is like totally thorough. It totally covers you because it's no longer your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus Given, imputed, deposited into your spiritual bank account. Is that cool? And it covers you. And the story of that is shown us in the story of the prodigal son. Where the robe was placed on the prodigal. When he comes back to the father, the robe is placed on him before he gets a bath. While he's still an absolute mess. While he's coming right from the swine and the squalor, while he's still stinky and absolutely putrid, the robe of righteousness, Father runs up and puts the robe on him, and that is symbolic of the righteousness of God covering your crud. God does that before you get cleaned up on the inside. Isn't that cool? If it weren't for the gift of righteousness, we couldn't approach Father. We couldn't have a relationship with Father. This gift, and so God's able to do a couple things, amazing things, with and through Jesus all at the same time. One, he's able to restore relationship with us so we can commune because we're covered by the righteousness of Jesus and at the same time, progressively, give us a bath underneath the robe. Aren't you glad you're getting a bath underneath the robe? Hallelujah. He's got some of the best wipies you've ever seen. And they have sin disinfectant on them. And they are able to get in there and wipe and wash out all of the crud. Yes, because we can't, if our nature doesn't change on the inside, if our nature doesn't change, and that's, that's the beauty of the testimony of Jesus. See, when we're covered with his righteousness, then the Holy Spirit was able to come and dwell within, and we were able to receive the testimony of Jesus, which leads us into the nature of Father. The testimony of Jesus leads you into the nature of Father. The testimony of Jesus on the inside of you also leads you into the plans that Father has for you. Now, here's what's crazy. He says that when we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we, not death, but we will reign in life. You are now a reigner. You are meant, ordained, empowered, enabled, anointed, and blessed to reign in life. Not just to the equal level that death used to reign over all of mankind, but... Much more do you reign in life. Much more than death once reigned in life, you who've received the gift 
of righteousness and the abundance of grace, much more do you reign in life. And the way this works is the reigning in life doesn't come just because we're covered. I know a lot of Christians that are covered. Fact is, um, we used to have a bumper sticker that said, and it was an excuse for not using the wipes. I'm playing with you. But, you know, back in the day, because I'm really old, I remember a lot of stuff. We had a bumper sticker that said, Christians aren't perfect, but they're forgiven. Does anybody remember that bumper sticker? I had one of those and a radar detector on the dashboard. Because the two of those things, the two of those things worked hand in hand. Think about how cool that is. Radar detector on a Porsche. I had a Porsche. A radar detector on a fast car and a bumper sticker that says Christians aren't perfect. Come on, how cool is that? Okay, I'm lying. I had the radar detector. I had the Porsche. I didn't have the sticker. I won't put stickers on my car unless they say New Horizon Church. But think about, think about that. Is it, you know, it's the character of God that puts us over in life. It's the character of God. And, and righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus, is, is often symbolized or understood in terms of forgiven and justified and having an approach, a fellowship with Father, communion, common union. The completed works of Jesus have been done on our behalf so that we could enter into communion and relationship. That's all really good, but also God is changing our nature. God is rearranging our character. God's working underneath the robe to lead us into his character because it's his character that puts us into harmony with the earth. Is that too weird? Is that too new age? I use the word harmony. Is that all right? Do you, do you, do you remember one of our guest speakers last January? Remember, what was his name? Eberly. Harold Eberly. Remember the sermon on harmony? Remember? And he said harmony is like, harmony is understood like when you know, two turn, tuning forks are struck and they come into a similar sound. Joel, you preached a sermon on that. There's cacophony, there's symphony, there's harmony, and I don't remember all that you said. God bless you, Miss Joel. You're amazing. Listen, though, harmony, harmony is where, where we come into, is it symphony? We come into a symphonic sound with God? What is it? I don't know. Lord have mercy. Thank you. This is what we want, though. We want to be in harmony with God. We want to be, and when we're in harmony with God, we're actually in harmony with the earth. Yes? This is part of why I talked to you last week about, and we're going to talk a little bit about it again today, in that, in that work is actually of God's nature. It's interesting even that it's interesting that when he talks about creating the earth, he calls it work. Work is of his nature. How many of you know rest is of his nature? But in 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 the law of first reference in Genesis, the seedbed of all of life and the law of first reference, we find 
that work was a big deal with God, and even creating was called work. Work is part of his nature. God loves work. Do you love work? Work, hello. I'm messing with you. I'm sure you love work, but but work is part of his nature. Work is a cool thing. Work is how we work out reigning in life. Work is how we work out our faith. Work is how we work out dominion. He's given us, Genesis 1.28, a dominion mandate. Genesis 2.15, before, and I'm, I'm saying this because I, I, I know there's probably only two of you in the room, but, but for some odd reason, for some odd reason, there, there can be this feeling that work is of the curse, but work came before the curse. And in a perverted culture, we elevate Miller time. We elevate weekends. We elevate rest. But rest has, an, has its appropriate place. But God loves work. Work is where we manifest our vocation. Work is where we manifest the calling of God. Vocation means to be vocally called out by God for a purpose in your generation. Acts 13.36, I really don't want to die before my time. How many of you want to die before your time? I don't. Do you want to? Then stop eating that bad food. I must be preaching to me. Because I had some mighty good chips the other day. Acts 13.36. David did not fall to sleep, so to speak, pass away, until he had served the purpose of God in his generation. Work, work is how we manifest the purpose of God. The word vocation means to be vocally called out, to hear the voice of God, to know that God has called you to something in your generation. David fell asleep after he had served the purpose of God in his generation. Paul writes in Philippians 3, I want to know him. I want to know what he has called me for. I want to go after the prize of the high calling that is mine in Christ Jesus. He's, he's, he's reflecting on, uh, on, I want to completely do what he has ordained for me to do. Well, work is how we manifest that. It's exciting to love work, amen? It's powerful to love work. And work is how we work out, how we walk out, how we manifest the reigning in life in many ways. James chapter 2, 26. Faith without, faith without works is dead. If you have faith, show me your works, James says. And I'm going to show you my faith by showing you my works. Work is a powerful thing. Now, here's another thing, though, for us to remember, is that work is so powerful. This is what I, I really believe, that there are two things that are significantly tied to your self-esteem and significantly tied to the way you feel about yourself. One is your identity, and one is your purpose. Or one 
is your sonship and one is your work. Work can be so powerful of an expression of fulfillment. How many of you feel fulfilled when you work? Ten of you. Fifteen. This is, this is an exciting group of people right here. This is some of the most exciting people on the planet right here. Fifteen of us feel fulfillment when we work. I know that's a fib, otherwise known as a lie, but we're in church. I'll keep it chill. Work, is, work can be so gratifying and so fulfilling that we can be tempted to worship it or make an idol of it, or let it get outside of its appropriate boundaries. So this is part of why the principle of the Sabbath has been introduced. Part of why the principle of the Sabbath is introduced, because we also need rest. And not only do we need rest, but in rest we recognize our fulfillment in God. We recognize God's sovereignty. We recognize God's help. We recognize that God is our strength. We recognize that he's our fulfillment. We recognize Psalm 127, unless he builds the house, we labor in vain who build it. Amen? So work is, is extremely important. Work is important. It's important that we love to work. It's important that we, that we work unto the Lord. Let me give you some verses on work. Work is powerful. See, and God wants us to be reigning in life, and we can't reign in life unless we manifest His character. Did you know that? We have to manifest His character. Manifesting His character is um, it is so powerful of a principle of harmony Um. It's like his character, and I know we can talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, gentleness, long-suffering, temperance, self-control. I know we could, we could talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but, but our topic today is work. Do we know that God's character is work? Um, manifesting his character is so powerful. It's like if we have an attitude or a behavior, a mindset that contradicts his character, then we're at odds with the earth instead of in harmony with the earth. And if we're at odds with the earth, then everything will be harder for us in our daily life. Uh, The boys have a Thatcher. Um, You know what a Thatcher is, a thatching machine? So it's this, uh, it's this machine. It's got a bunch of rakes on the bottom of it. It's a mechanized rake. And it pulls up the moss and the dead grass, right? So the pulley on the thatcher went bad. So instead of replacing the pulley with the appropriate pulley because something's wrong with all of this mechanism, I'm giving you a picture. The earth is like a big giant mechanism that God has set and he set this mechanism to work in harmony with his nature. That's why love is always better. That's why faith is always better. That's why hope is always better. 
the mechanism is set up from the very get-go to work in harmony with his nature. Are you following me? So, coming from the motor, there's a belt, and the belt goes down, and it drives the power rakes. And on the way between the motor and the rakes is an idler pulley. It's a round thing that the belt goes around, and when you squeeze the handle, it pushes the pulley forward and makes the belt tight. So we couldn't get the right one. So I went to McClendon's, and I bought... I introduced a transplanted organ to the thatching machine from McClendon's. I got a rope pulley and I put it on the thatcher. We have been in chaos ever since. And we have to keep giving the thatcher anti-rejection medicine. Because it's it's breaking, the pulley's breaking, and then the and then the bearings spun out, and then the bolt broke off, and then and then the washers wore out, and everything, and the whole mechanism has been thrown into chaos because I introduced something into the mechanism, into that which was preordained and designed that doesn't fit. God's character always fits. Work fits. Loving work fits. Faith to work fits. Amen? When people tell Joel and I they're unemployed, we tell them, no, you're not. You have eight hours to find work today. At least. Right? There's no such thing as unemployed. Tell somebody in the Bible days they were unemployed. They didn't have an employment agency. They didn't have employment benefits. In the Bible days, you had to figure it out. Right? Weave socks and sell them. Do something. Why? Because work is congruent. It's in harmony with God's nature. And it says in Romans chapter 8 that all of the earth... I'm still preaching. This is still worthwhile. I'm actually still on the same theme. You okay? Bump somebody because they're falling asleep quickly. In Romans chapter 8, it says that the whole earth... has been subjected to, you know, the power of the fall... Let me read this to you. Romans chapter 8, 18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. But in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we groan ourselves within, waiting eagerly our adoption as sons in the redemption of our body. Listen, the earth loves to work with the righteous. 
the earth was made to work with the righteous. Those who were covered with righteousness, the robe, and those who were using the antiseptic wipes to align their interior character, their interior life, their way of thinking, their behavior, their lifestyle with God's character. The more you align your life with God's character, the more you align yourself with the earth. The more you align yourself with the earth, the more it works with you. And it says the trees of the field will clap their hands. Wow. The earth will work with you. Fact is, the earth would love to respond to your voice with regard to the needs of weather, of soil, of biology, of things that you need or desire. The earth longs to work with the righteous. So even your work, your work becomes less tedious and more fruitful and more rewarding. Why? Because you are not only covered with the righteousness of God, but your interior life is yielding to his character. Yielding to his character. Amen? Is that your heart? Stand with me this morning. I am not going to finish 10 pages of notes. It's not going to happen. But I entertained myself making them. Singers, would you come? Worship team, I want you to just open up your heart right now. Church, we've been made in the image and the likeness of God. But our image was marred and our image became fallen. We were disconnected from God, from His image and His character, and disconnected from His attributes, disconnected from the way He thinks, the way He sees. When the Pharisees who were walking according to the laws of God said, we are of our father Moses, He said, Jesus in John 8:44 no you're not you're of your father satan In Ephesians 2 1 and 2 it says clearly that the sons of disobedience are influenced by the spirit of disobedience dwelling in them 2 Timothy 2:26 says that we have been taken captive by the enemy to do his will So yes, we were created in the image and the character of God, his very likeness, but Adam dealt us a bad card. And we received the gift of unrighteousness. It was a gift to us. We didn't earn it or deserve it. And our character was flawed and messed up. But God is restoring us. Jesus covers us with his righteousness. The Holy Spirit of the Father moves on the inside of us to begin to lead, coach, wash, and wipe. Ephesians 5 literally says he begins to wash us with the washing of his word. Because his word speaks of his character. His word speaks of the nature we've now received. Colossians 3 says that we're renewed after the true knowledge of him. The more you know about Jesus, who was and is the exact representation of the Father, but is also 
the image of who you've become, the more you know about him, the more you know about you, the more you know about your new nature, your true nature. So that you're not just covered by this gift of righteousness, but you're transformed by the inner working of his Holy Spirit. Would you say yes to him this morning? Would you say yes to his word, yes to his nature, yes to his transformation, yes to the changes he wants to impose on the inside of you? Would you see that this is for your good? Would you see that he wants to bring you into prosperity? He wants to bring you into blessing. He wants to bring you into harmony with how he made the earth to operate. God is not against you. He's for you. Every transformational change he wants to make on the inside of you is for your good. That's why it's so easy to yield to this daddy. It's so easy to yield to this Father because it's not for Him that you're yielding. It's for you that you're yielding. The coaching, the leading, the obedience that He desires, it's not that He could have. Some elbowing experience up in heaven where He elbows the Son and says, See there, I made Him obey me. Oh no, it's not about that. It's you coming to trust Him. Coming into alignment with His nature. Yielding to Him willingly. Realizing this is how to reign in life. This is how to reign in life. Work is important. Rest is important. Rest is important. Rest is important. They both say, I trust you. They both say, I trust you. They both say, thank you. They both say, this is a gift. God gives you a gift of work, a gift of fulfillment, a gift of purpose. and enables us to rest in the midst of our labor. And Jesus is the fulfillment of all of it. The enabler, the fulfillment, the grace and the helper. Lord, we honor you today. Would you do that all across the room today? Would you yield your life to his coaching right now? For those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life by Christ Jesus. It's all across the room. Just thank you. 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 Oh, we thank you for your gift today, God, of purpose, of calling, of skill. Thank you for the grace within us to work out your dominion and your influence, the very thing you've ordained for us in our generation. 
we just present ourselves back to you for your glory for your glory heads bowed eye closed all across the auditorium if you would again I want to invite you just to respond to him as we close this morning and close in worship would you respond to him and respond to his tug on your life He's calling you out. He's separating you. He's lifting you to a higher place. I'm going to open the front for prayer, and some of our prayer ministers will be here available. But let's not rush off. Let's not rush off. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to touch us as we respond. Father, we just declare your benediction of illumination and understanding upon your people today. Now, in Jesus' name, and everybody said.